Well, good morning. It's Palm Sunday and welcome to our online uh, sermon part. Uh, we've got, we're looking at Mark 11, which is where it talks about Palm Sunday and Jesus coming into Jerusalem. Uh, however, that's not the bit that we're going to be emphasising on today. The title is The Promising Prayer. And it's something that when I first thought about what am I going to say? Uh, I came down, there was one particular morning I can remember, got up early, came downstairs, I've got three children and a dog, a cocker spaniel, and sat down and I, and I thought, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay this time before you, God, and I'm going to see what you're going to say to me about this passage in Mark 11. The dog started biting me, the dog started whining, he started eating my wife's socks and I found myself becoming angry. I found myself becoming, thinking, you know, how, why, why, when I want to do what's right, is this not working out? I'm going to say a little bit more on that in a minute. Well, first of all, Jesus, in Mark 11, is coming in to Jerusalem on a donkey and people are celebrating and putting their palm leaves down before him. And the story moves on to the next morning when he's gone back to Bethany and he's walking with the disciples and he sees a tree. He sees a fig tree, uh, which is very common in, in Israel. And he goes over to find some fruit on it and there's no fruit. And so he curses the tree. And he says, may no, nothing grow from you ever again. The disciples around him probably think not much about it. And off they go and they spend the day at the temple, which is another very interesting story. Have a look at Mark 11. However, the next day, they're coming out of Bethany again. It's the morning and Peter notices the fig tree. And, and this time, the fig tree has withered from its roots. And he's gobsmacked and he's, and he's like, Jesus, look, this is the tree that you've cursed. Look, look what, what has happened to it. Uh, and I'm going to read it, this part, because I just think the words are brilliant. And, and this is really what we're looking at uh, today. Uh, and Jesus said to the disciples, have faith in God. I tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. But you must really believe it and it will happen and you have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, you can pray for anything and if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. But when you were praying, first forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against, so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. And on that passage, the first thing that struck me really was, here's, God, here's Jesus saying, you can come to God and you can ask him for anything and he's going to give it to you. And then at the end, he says, but forgive anyone you're holding a grudge against. And my first thought was, 
what has that, what is how I'm feeling and how I treat people and how I, what I'm thinking about them and, and whether I'm not happy with them, what's that got to do with answered prayer? Well, let's have a look at the bit before that. The first thing that's really important that Jesus says is have faith. Everything that we are as a uh, follower of Jesus involves faith. We have faith in him. If we don't have faith, (laughs) there's no steps two and three and four. You know, that it starts with faith. It starts with trusting in God's ability and not our ability. You know, that morning when I went down to talk, um, to, to pray and see what is God saying about this passage, I, I got angry and I got frustrated. It, I was doing the stuff. You know, what, what can I get from this passage? What, what, what is God saying to me? And there's this sense I find in my life of always wanting to achieve and, and to find the answers and to that self-reliance. Um, just recently, I'm, I'm an operations manager here at St. John's and, and a couple of people have uh, offered to do bits and pieces that, um, to be honest, I probably should have been doing or, or that was my job role. And in, in, first of all, I'm thinking, ah, oh, but if I, can't, if I don't do that, that's, that, that's some sort of insecurity. That, that's something that I fail to do. And sometimes we, we want to better ourselves. We want to go and get better training, uh, education, intellect, and all these things. I just find we, we, we look at our own desire, our own um, abilities to do stuff. And this faith in God, it's sometimes secondary. In fact, it's sometimes a long way away. And it starts with faith in God. And, and when, I, when I had uh, that issue with the dog that morning, I just went away. I went upstairs and I then sat down on the bed and I said, God, you know, I don't have the answers. What are you saying to me? And it was then that God just spoke. And it was when I came to him, when my faith is in him and not my own abilities, in not what I can do, what I can offer, it's faith in God and his provision. That's when half an hour, bang, everything came together. And this needs to be a lifestyle of us trusting in God. Our promises in prayer start with us trusting in God. I remember uh, as a a secondary teacher, uh, I was in charge or very involved with the assessment process. And um, we got to, we had an office stead. And uh, for those people who's in the teaching profession, that's one of those things that you dread and you don't really look forward to. Well, the Ofsted inspector was giving us a really hard time and he said, look, unless you can show us this particular progress that these kids are making, uh, we're going to have to put you uh, in requires improvement. 
And I remember I was in the room with the head teacher, the deputy, a couple of other senior managers uh, and myself, and we were looking at this data, trying to sort out how on earth can we show the Ofsted inspector tomorrow uh, what, what um, you know, that the kids are making progress. We knew it, and actually he said he knows it, but we had to prove it with data. And, and I just didn't, we, we were pulling it together and we just couldn't find a way. And I said to the head teacher, after he bought us some fish and chips, because uh, we'd been there all night, I said to him, look, I've got to go home. I'm now knackered. Uh, I need some sleep. So I went home and was like, God, you've, you've you know, just got to leave it with you. I slept really well, got up the next day, went to school. Again, no answers, nothing, but it, it, we, I just sat there at my desk in my room on my own and I said, God, please, I have not the answers. You have to, pro uh, you have to provide because I don't know what to do. And it was instantaneously that God showed me something all to do with numbers and data and figures and which I quite <laughs> get, get a, a weird sense of satisfaction from. Uh, he gave me an answer. I was like, I've got it. Went away and it worked. We came through Ofsted uh, with a glowing report. The head teacher buys me a bottle of whiskey and he says, how did you do that? And I had to say, it wasn't me, it was God. This passage, answers to prayer, comes first of all in faith in Jesus. Nothing else. It has to. Well, it's interesting because um, Jesus said, uh, then ask anything and it will happen. He, he, he repeats that phrase two times generally, emphasising the point that, that God is lavish, God is generous, he is kind. And then it's the bit which I said is the question mark. He said at the end, but when you were praying, first forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against, so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. You know, and how often other people's shortfalls are more significant than our shortfalls. And forgiving people you know, if we've got a grudge against someone, it reminds me of Jonah, the story of Jonah. And in Jonah, um, there's a city in Nineveh with thousands of people, and God calls Jonah to go and tell them that God loves them, that God, uh, had, but he's noticed their sin, and they've got to repent. It's what Jesus said right from the beginning, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. Repentance, awareness of our faults and forgiving one another is absolutely key. And Jonah, he runs away, he goes in the opposite direction and uh, in the end, God wins him round. He goes to Nineveh, he goes and preaches and the people repent. And afterwards, nothing, this big judgment that God said was going to happen, Nothing happened, 
And Jonah is furious. He's absolutely livid because he felt that those people deserved it. And that's often the case. We, you know, if people have done wrong against us, we feel that they deserve it. At least they should know about it. And he said, I knew, he's talking to God, I knew that you are merciful and compassionate God, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. You're eager to turn back from destroying people. And if you, if you don't know that about God, the fact that he has lavish quantities of love and compassion for you, you're missing out. Despite the fact that Nineveh was so sinful, God's compassion and his desire for them to repent, for them to, to come into a living relationship with him was immense. God's desire for us to live as people forgiving one another and aware that it is God who we, we only forgive to, because we, he first forgave us. We only get that ability to do that through God. Like I said, it starts with faith in God. And uh, Mike last week was talking about humility. Uh, what a, humility is absolutely key. We, ca we can't live our Christian life without humility. We can't... Forgiving people means that we've got to say, do you know what? I've done stuff wrong too. I forgive you. And it's a hard thing to do. But, ha but what that enables you to us to, uh, or the place it brings us into, is a place where Jesus is saying, this is where I want you to be. You have faith. You know, you can ask all things about me. You've got to forgive one another. You know, the, the heart of, of Jesus uh, was about loving God, first of all. Second of all, it was about forgiving, uh, sorry, loving our neighbour. We are a people, if you're going to follow God and you're going to do what he asks you to do, we need to be doing the stuff he says. And that's easier said than done. You know, the, 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 the stuff that opens up when we trust in God and when we say, it's okay for you to do wrong because I do wrong as well. I don't have the answers and I, therefore I shouldn't expect you to have all the answers. As Christians, we say our faith is in God. It's not in our own abilities. It's not in who we are and, and the giftings and the special ways we can achieve stuff. You know, Paul, who, who again is in, in written so many of the letters in the New Testament, he says, so much of the stuff that I've gained, it's all rubbish. It, it, it's, the, it's the knowledge of knowing Jesus that is key for me. And that needs to be our reality as well.
I just remember what, just one more story. I just remember going and praying for a guy who, um, he just wanted to know, he wanted to know more of God. He was struggling and um, he came up to the front in a, in a church where I was at and, and we prayed. And I prayed and it's like nothing. You know, God didn't, didn't, do any, <laughs> didn't do anything. And I was like, but I know God is lavish and I know he's, com- he's, he's compassionate. And as he, as he started to walk off, and I just felt the love of God because it's not my ability. And I, and I said to him, whoa, 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 hang on, hang on. Come back again, please. Can we pray again? And uh, I prayed again. And this time in my prayers, I was like, God, you've got to do it. I'm putting my faith in you, not in me and my abilities to pray good prayers. And, and I prayed for him and God filled my heart with love. And I, and I started crying and, and I'm like holding him and I'm crying and he started crying. And, and that's how God moves. He's a compassionate, loving God. And if we only just open up our hearts and our lives to allow that to flow through us, we're going to see amazing things. You know, that guy's wife said to me the week after, do you know that prayer, that prayer time, it has changed him completely. He, he is fu- he's a different man. He is full of just joy. He, he, you know, I, I, just, I just like, wow. That's wonderful. I just love that. I love God in the fact that when God just touches and comes and, and intervenes. And it comes through faith. It comes through faith. As it comes through asking. And it means that we come as we are. And we're forgiving other people. Because they're no better than what we are. Just let's pray. Just briefly. Father God, I want to th- thank you for the word of God. I want to thank you that in Jesus we see who you are and we see the power of God in Jesus' life because Jesus is God. And Lord, we want to put our faith in Christ Jesus and just want to pray for those people who are in a place of wanting or needing forgiveness and the joy and release that that gives. I just pray, Lord, that you would come and that you would help them to put their trust in you and that life would come into that situation. In Jesus' name, amen.